I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. We are back with Charlie's Mama Kel. We didn't talk about Charlie's Make-A-Wish. Did Charlie get a -a Make-A-Wish? So when he was first diagnosed, he was too young to get a -a Make-A-Wish. So we got this bundle of amazing gifts, clothes and toys and this massive hamper. And it was beautiful. But we were told that when he was three, he'd be allowed to have a -a Make-A-Wish. Wow, I so didn't he'd know be that. Out of I had no idea that there was a like a age requirement. Age yeah, requirement. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, I think because parents can say what their child wants for a Make a Wish under that age, but it's not actually what the child may want. When we got back to Adelaide, like when we were told that we were coming home for his last days, I contacted our social worker here and I said to her, now that he's three, does he get his wish? And she said, yes, absolutely. We can fast track it and make sure it happens straight away. And so we started organizing. I had emails going back and forth and I didn't know we only had days left. Mm. I thought maybe we might have two weeks. I don't know. I think we knew we were limited to time, but he then had a turnaround when we were at home. So we were like, it's going to be okay, you know, like we might get longer. So on his actual birthday, Harvey and myself were talking to Charlie and we were deciding on what Charlie would like as the wish. And Charlie was so out of it that day that he really couldn't give us many answers. But the boys had decided that what they needed was an excavator to dig a hole in the front yard. (laughs) (laughs) To make a hole for a pool. They had to dig a pool for some reason. And that... They needed Bingo and Bluey to deliver it. And so Bingo and Bluey, they actually were here for a show at the time. So they kind of figured out that they could sort this out, but we couldn't get a real excavator (laughs) because of health and safety. Yeah. So they organised a little ride on one and we'd chosen this one that both the boys could fit on because Charlie couldn't drive it because he, you know, he was so weak by that stage, but Harvey would be able to drive it with him, with him on there. And so we had it all set up and she said, you know, how long do you reckon you need, you know, like, do you want to make this work on Thursday? And I was like, yeah, I think Thursday's fine. And so we booked it for the Thursday and Charlie passed away on the Wednesday morning. And I remember I contacted Make-A-Wish to explain what had happened and said, look, you know, this was still something that the boys had decided together. They were going to make it a big party that we were having one of his friends come over and they were you know gonna have t-shirts and balloons and all this like make it a real sort of theme for him and they said look we can't still go ahead with that but what we can do for you is we can still organize the like ride on excavator and then they sent like some memorabilia from bluey for harvey and they also um instead of having bluey and bingo deliver it they did a video for him especially Mm. from Charlie and saying, you know, that Charlie wishes him all the best. And yeah, it was just, yeah. So did this like a beautiful thing to make Harvey feel special as well. So he wasn't missing out on this thing that him and Charlie had decided upon or yeah, for his make a wish. So it was really sad that he got to miss out on it, but it was really nice that they still gave us something 
for Harvey. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So just didn't even think about, you know, like didn't think about the fact that he wouldn't still be here for that moment, you know, just assume we had a few more days. Oh. There's an oncology playgroup here called Lionhearts and they were amazing for us. And Charlie got to go to playgroup for a couple of weeks or a month or so until COVID happened and then it shut down and then it was all online. But one of the mums from that, her and some of the others got together and they ended up organising for the CFS, the fire truck to come. And so he kind of got, like, he loved fire trucks and anything. Like, he was such a boy boy. So they came and they went up and down the street with the fire truck and gave him a little fire hat. And so the boys thought that was amazing anyway. So he kind of got this early wish Mm. that he hadn't organized anyway so you know like he got special things yeah wow uh, my mm. heart broke you want to provide something happy and then it's just like you can't provide that and that's part of the grief yeah. that I've experienced too it's like all these things I wanted to give her and I can't all these activities we wanted to do and we can't because she's not here right so that just that just I'm sorry that broke me oh. I think the whole, you know, like he could never get outside because his immune, he just had nothing. His immune system was right. down for right. so long. And even before we moved to Melbourne, they said, do you want to go home for a few days and have a few days at home? And the risk was just, it outweighed us being together at home right. as a family. Yeah, it was just too risky. So we said no and because he was going to have no immune system for at least eight weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, normally you have it down for two weeks and then it comes back up at the end of the cycle but because he had been on back-to-back chemos without actually having a break between them because we were so desperate to get him in remission at the end there like he just yeah it was too long and it was too risky so the poor thing like he'd look outside and he's like I want to go to the playground or I want to do this we can't we can't we can't even take him outside his room because he risks picking up something from any of the other kids on the ward as well Well, that just leads into the next question is, so he passed unexpectedly, suddenly, and we had shared our feelings of that gut check immediately after that things just weren't the same. Tell us how you felt sort of immediately after with this shock, this trauma. Do you know, I guess afterwards we almost felt relief, which sounds awful, but it was like this weight has been lifted off us that we're no longer completely wrung so tight. We could actually breathe again because you're not waiting for the next smack in the face, you Mm -hmm. know, like you, Mm -hmm. you know that he's now at peace, that you can actually finally breathe rather than the roller coaster we were on. Even, you know, even his doctor said to us, I can't do this roller coaster anymore. Because she was so attached to him as well that she just, you know, it just hurt too much because we're like, yes, we've done this. Oh, no, we're back here again. And it was just, it was up and down the entire. Constantly. Yeah. You know, the relapse through that. It was just nonstop, you know, and I was posting every day about what we were going through and being really, really honest about it. And everyone was getting excited with us. And then we'd go down again. Yeah, afterwards, you know, you don't have that real anxiety. Although we've got, you know, friends, kids or ones that we've, you know, had contact with around us that are also losing their fight and the anxiety starts again. You know, like my gut is just tightening for all of those because I know they're going to have to go through this themselves as well. They're going to be in that position. My gut is It's the waiting 
yeah, you don't, you just don't know when either, like, or if, or when. And so I think that never goes away. Right. How is the family? How is Harvey doing? So Charlie passed on Harvey's very first day of primary school. So that made it very hard. We were going to try and get him to go to school still because we knew that the best place for him to be is where he's got distractions. You know, we had family and friends in and out of the house all day and he just said, I'm not going to school. We were both like, totally fine. We're not going to push you to go to that. But we actually took him the next day. You know, like I know one of the teachers came up to me and she said, oh, I heard about your story and I'm so sorry. You know, when I went home and told my husband last night, I was in tears and I just was like, stop. I know your heart is in the right place, but right now it's about him and I just have to be strong for him. And it was tough, really tough, but he got through it. There's a few tears, but not too bad. It took a us a couple of weeks for him to settle to actually let us leave the room his teacher's amazing so she would take him off and go and read him a story while we walked out or give him a job to do she was very good at distracting him from the fact that we were leaving and I guess for him he was so scared that if we left we wouldn't come back he stayed between my parents and my in-laws while we were in Melbourne but as soon as he was with us in Melbourne he was inseparable from us and when we came back home he was the same he still didn't want to be away from us so he wouldn't go for a sleepover with my parents or my in-laws he didn't want to be with anyone but mummy and daddy and so we had to work him back up to that and talk about it and him just saying I just am scared that you won't come back and I don't want to be away from you. And I don't know if it's because we left him behind when we went to Melbourne or because Charlie has passed, he's scared that something like that might happen to us. And I remember just after Charlie passing, like on the day, and he just said, Charlie was too young to die, mummy. And you just like, kids just get it, don't they? You know, like... They give us all the tough questions and we don't know how to answer it, right? It's like... Why? Oh. Oh, I wish I knew, buddy. You know, like I wish yeah. I could offer yeah. you more, but we're even trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And things come out of their mouths that they don't realize that they're saying and it hurts so much. It's just that they're trying to grasp what they're feeling. Yes. You know, they don't get how they're feeling about it. Now he is in such a good place. Such a good place. So what helped him get into a good place though? I guess, you know, like we're very honest with him about what had happened. We like to do things to, I guess, make up for lost time and things that always involve Charlie. So it all, I guess it went back to the boys drive home from Melbourne. Uh, They were talking in the car and Mike was explaining to Harvey what was happening to Charlie and preparing him. And they started talking about what things Charlie might like if they did. So they decided, much to much to my knowledge until a few weeks later that they needed to buy a boat and name this boat after Charlie and that Charlie would like a boat that would be something that he would like and they'd like to do that for him and sort of to go camping and do all these things so a couple of weeks after we went away to Kangaroo Island so we just went camping and it was the three of us together to reconnect as a family which was amazing we like got ourselves all set up and just had a long weekend where it was just the three of us, no one else. And I think just being together again and talking about everything, it just brought us back to our point. And so pretty much from once we got back to school after that, he was pretty good with drop-offs at school and he was okay to go. Maybe a week or so later, my husband shows me this boat and says, so I'm thinking about buying this boat. And I was just like, what do you mean by a boat? <laughs> He's 
like, oh yeah, Harvey and I have talked about it. This is the plan and we, you know, decided that we need to do this for Charlie and it'll be Charlie's boat. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> we, we bought a boat the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just a little fishing boat, but it's enough for the three of us and it's fun. And, you know, Mike and I took it out to test run it a couple of weeks ago and in the stream on the back of the boat, there's a rainbow. We're mm. like, hey, Charlie. Oh. And then we took it out last week with Harvey for his first trip out on it. And the same thing, it's not there all the time, but just on the certain angle, there's that rainbow. And it was just like, all four of us are here together. That's this amazing. is so nice. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And the boys had always said that they wanted chickens and bunnies. So our plan was that they'd get chickens and bunnies for Christmas, but then obviously with Charlie relapsing, it threw that off the plans. So we want to still follow through on these things that we had said that we'd do for the boys. And even though Charlie is not here with us in person, we still feel like he's with us all the time. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so we've, we got our chickens. Harvey's named them after Charlie's favourite TV show um Tyo the little blue bus so we've got Tyo and Rogie are our chickens even though they're girls yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to Kangaroo Island this coming week for a week some friends of ours and when we get back we're picking up the bunnies oh and so the bunnies are also named from that show and they are Sito and Lani I think yeah so this is like Charlie's farm as we're calling it oh. and then Mike's bought some board for us to make a rainbow and have a little sign hanging you know from it at the entrance of the farm Aww. and uh, you know it's just nice to do things like that that involve him we took Harvey uh, with a girlfriend of mine we went to this show yesterday and Harvey got this show bag he didn't know what he wanted in the show bags and I was just like oh that one's got a rainbow unicorn in it <laughs> why don't we get that one and now we've got this fluffy rainbow unicorn toy that we are going to have in the car and this rainbow unicorn gets to go on all of our adventures with us. Aww. So now we actually have like, you know, a little Charlie Aww, <laughs> in good. the car and stuff. Yeah. So it's just nice to get yeah, to have us all together, even though he's not there. We just, I don't know. I really feel like he's with us. Like I miss cuddling him and watching him and laughing at the cute things that he does, but I can feel his presence here. Like I don't, I don't know what I believe with that stuff, but I just don't feel like he's that far away, you know? Absolutely. That's how, that's how Jess says the same yep. thing. And I was going to say too, like including our loved ones in everyday things, it's been six years and we still do it. Yeah. Like it helps us. I think it helps us to cope. It yeah. helps us to, you know, remember. It helps us to heal. It's still a process. Again, six years later. I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything because no. it's it keeps her alive. It keeps her oh, memory yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah, it's honoring her. We just bought Disneyland tickets because they just reopened and we're going on the anniversary of her death. So oh. like we will do it. And I was like a hummingbird came by the other day and I was talking to the baby through the hummingbird. Right. So it still happens. Yeah. It's yeah. constant. And whatever works for you to keep, you know, the babies alive is what we need to do. Absolutely. But, yeah. Similar sort of thing. We've said that every year on his birthday, we're still just going to celebrate, you know, yes. him every year because you just how you get through it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. We haven't stopped. We right. celebrate her birthday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what's weird is she's always going to be seven years old. Yeah. Even though they yeah. have a birthday, another year, she would have been. I look at my other granddaughter and go, oh, my gosh, she would be almost this tall. 
Yeah. Would have. Yeah, would have. Bunch of would have. Yeah. I, I find it very hard up. looking at friends, kids who were the same age as Charlie. Yeah. Or, you know, even ones that are just, they're a year younger. But I was walking along with a girlfriend the other week and her daughter just reached up and grabbed my hand and we were walking along where I used to walk with Charlie. Yeah. And the tears just started streaming. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. But this is just bringing back way too many memories that, you know, this is what I used to do with him when he was this age. And it just, you know, missing those moments. Yeah, I know. That's where my anger comes in. Because it's, yeah. I don't have another word for it. I'm just so mad about it. Just why, you know? Kel had said this too. You go back to, we're good people. Yes. Why are, why would this happen to us? What did we do that we deserve this? Or there's some, like I said, some justification, some logic that we're missing. But I think that's part of my mental challenge too, is going, I don't think that has anything to do with it. it and I won't have an answer until no. I'm probably dead, you know? And maybe not even at that point, but... Like me trying mm -hmm. to rationalize on this earth why this happened, I will probably never know. No, you won't. I mean, I'll still get mad about it. Sure. I'll still have feelings about it. Sure. But it's still just a lingering question. Why? Why us? Why? That's, That's the why. It's always there. How have you been? I think I'm doing pretty good. Like, you know, we don't have anything to compare it to, but I feel like life is actually pretty good. That's interesting you say that, given your circumstances, given that you just lost a baby. That's incredible yeah. that you can even say that. But I feel guilty in saying that. But we have a lot of good times. Mm -hmm. And we've got a, amazing support, you know, like our families and our friends, you know, even like Harvey's kindy last year, all the mums made us dinner every night for like months without question, you know, and our friends and the flowers that we got after losing Charlie and just all the well wishes and the flowers are stuff that <laughs> look like a florist. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think it's just the peace and they're not living that cancer life anymore. Yeah. And the anxiety, you know, not having that anymore. And, you know, I don't know how we do it without Harvey, but he makes our lives amazing. You know, he's a cool kid. Mm. And so watching him and watching the way that he is with his friends or how well he's doing at school, you know, like we've got a lot of distractions. And I think it doesn't mean that we don't miss Charlie because we do. Absolutely in, not. In yeah. Every moment of every day. Absolutely. But I think, as we were saying before, you know, like including Charlie in things that we do, feeling his you know, like that he is there with things makes it easier yeah. to live life. And, you know, I have a child to live for. I can't just lie on the floor or lie in bed and go, I don't want to do this today. Yeah. I do. I have those days. And actually a couple of days ago, I was doing my workout and I cried through the entire workout, not because the workout hurt, but because I just, all I could think about was Charlie. And I thought maybe that day I probably should have done yoga or Pilates, something that wasn't quite so like intense because I needed to refocus, yeah. you know? So the next day I did Pilates instead and focused my mind and tried to get back on track because you do, you know, you've got days that you just vomit. But it's okay. You have to give yourself, you know, days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like we are happy and we are okay, but it doesn't mean that we don't have moments of right. full on unhappiness. Yes. Right yeah. I mean, the other day I, I stopped in this right. grocery store and, you know, people to just see my eyes. Yeah, it happens. It happens and it's going to continue to happen. And I started to care less about people seeing me cry. Like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, don't look at me weird, but you're going to look at me weird because I'm crying. Why am I crying? You know, people naturally want to go, what's wrong? Right. But I'm, we're not going 
gonna and strangers we're not gonna talk about it but mm-hmm. it just happens at the most random times a song can come on and it can make me absolutely ball one day and then the song can come on a completely different day and I could smile about it right so it's just it depends it depends on what's going on it depends on my feelings it depends mm-hmm. on everything so yeah you're not alone in that definitely not how we do you used to always go ahead drive with like Charlie's dinosaur music going on and the first day I turned it on, actually, I didn't turn it on because I didn't want to have any memories of him at that moment. And it was silent in the car and I couldn't deal with it. And I was crying because I couldn't deal with the silence. And so now Charlie's dinosaur music is still blaring in the car and Harvey and I just sing it out so loud as we're going along and there's things, you know, like you were saying with songs, there's some that make you just want to cry some days, but other days, like, this is good. Yeah, definitely. I find it really special that Harvey's decided that he now wants to wear his onesie. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Um, so the boys got their unicorn onesies for Christmas and Harvey was like, uh, uh, that is girl colours and I'm not wearing that. <laughs> and now he actually, he's worn it twice now and he just, the other morning he just went and put it on oh. and he's like, can you help me do this? I'm like, oh, yes, I can. You are totally wearing this and oh. I do it up. And it's just, you know, I think for him that's his way of feeling connected with Charlie as well. And there was one day just this week, everyone sent me rainbows there was rainbows in the sky all day on Thursday I didn't see any of them and I got five messages from friends sending me photos of rainbows and I was like thanks Charlie you didn't send me any but you sent them to everyone else and even one of them had a double rainbow I've never seen that in my life before then the next morning we had the most intense rainbow reflection up our wall in the lounge room and Harvey's just like mom Charlie's here uh-huh. and I've like come out of the shower I'm like what what is that Charlie's here like, <laughs> he was just so excited about it that gave me oh this was I think this was yesterday and then we went to this show and then obviously there was the rainbow unicorn and there was like a unicorn show bag and then we went to coffee afterwards with our girlfriends and her daughter pointed it out there was this rainbow line going between our chairs oh. and so then Harvey and his little friend they were down there and they were like trying to get Charlie on their hands so they were putting their hands down and having the rainbow in their hands and trying to catch him and it was just it's so beautiful and to have things like that that bring you that little bit closer I think you know makes a big difference definitely yeah but I know you know like what you're saying like my words of wisdom I guess to other parents and things like that I know in the last few moments we were really adamant that we wanted to take home an OBS machine so that we could check what was happening with Charlie and know when the moment was right and the, the staff were just saying like the nurses were saying to us just watch him you'll be able to tell by watching him when that time is coming and I guess for me I just needed peace of mind I needed to know what was going on because in a a moment where you've got no control of you need to kind of know what's happening so we did get an OBS machine and we were able to at night time we just put it on the whole night because well that's what told us that it was happening and it was time because it was all alarming what's an OBS machine um, what does it do it does your oxygen and your heart rate just with the little finger probe I think Mm -hmm. it's called he had his oxygen turned up as high as possible and it was still alarming so Mm. you know that something's wrong and then his heart rate was just through the roof it was totally elevated 
And so in that point, we took everything off and we knew that the time was coming. But if we didn't have that on, we would have slept through it and we would have missed it. So, you know, that's, I guess that's my biggest thing to other parents that, you know, if they haven't lost them yet, you know, that's my advice is to have that. But everyone's grieves differently. You know, there's those that don't ever want to know anything about cancer again. You know, you just want to block it all out and be like, that's the only way to move forward. Whereas for me, I want to do whatever I can to help those, you know, like you guys, like having your podcast, you know, anything you can do to make it better. You know, I'm working with some others to get a charity together. You know, like I, they don't do trials on paediatric cancer. You know, they have to do them all through the adults first. But then paediatric AML is so different to adult AML. So come on, like, you know, there's got to be something going on there. So I just want to do whatever I can to try and, yeah, try and get a better outlook on this and get a better response for the kids because it's not fair. There isn't enough money spent on childhood cancer. Even in the States. There's nothing here that, I mean, I think pediatric cancer is probably the lowest of the funded research. And yeah, and I think exactly. even with Wilms tumor, her treatment was adult treatments. So the way that I understood it in the beginning, her treatment was specific for childhood Wilms tumor. Mm-hmm. And because she relapsed, she got into that other percentile, right, the right. five or fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they started experimenting with the same chemotherapy that they give women who have ovarian cancer. Okay. Yeah. So they started giving her, like you said, adult yeah. chemotherapy. I don't remember that specifically. Yeah. but There's a lot of chemicals that they end up using on her. But once she went into the other category, because there isn't a whole right. lot of research, period, for Wilms tumor or for childhood cancer, let alone the ones that are on the other percentile right. of that. Right. Any other thoughts? I know we talked about, you know, decision making, mm. you know, and when you're in that moment and you're trusting the guidance of the doctors and in the end you know my my husband was amazing the research and you know we would talk about what he'd found and how that you know we could use that for Charlie and so in the end because there's not a lot of options he was actually going to the doctor saying can we try this can we try this can we try this and so you know we were able to try other things but often you know like we were pretty lucky they're pretty open-minded here and in Adelaide so we were able to get these things in but it wasn't easy and you just you know I know you go back on things and you look at it and think did I make the right decision here but at the time that was the right decision for us so you trust in the fact that that was why you made that decision and no matter what you change the outcome's still going to be the same and in grief of losing them you want to question all those things Mm. and you go back and you question all the different things that that happened or the things that didn't happen and you wonder if we did this would we still have him today well we might still have him but he might have poor quality of life in the end what would it have been worth it to do it a different way and it might have just prolonged his life and he might have had a worse life out of it so you can't beat yourself up about that sort of thing as much as you can't help yourself thinking those things you've got to move past it and realize that you made the decisions for the right reasons. I know I mentioned earlier that my husband and I, we decided to go against transplant in the first round and that didn't come easy. And that was a lot of conversations between our oncologist and us. And at that current time, because his mutation is so unusual, his translocation. So 
because we had an unrelated donor, our chances were less favourable to go to transplant mm. at that time than to stick with chemo only and just hope for the best, but know that we had a backup plan up our sleeve. But unfortunately, the AML that he had was not ever going to go away. I feel like I don't have any words after these ones. It's just sinking in and just reflecting on this time. Yeah. And, you know, and I think Jess had spoken a bit about this too, you know, making those decisions, the best decisions with the information you had. You know, there was yeah. there's sometimes not a ton of time to collect any more information or to do a ton of more research or there's not a ton more research out there to know that may or may not be other options. So I definitely understand that on your reflection go, did we make the best decision? But with the information you had, that was the best decision. So it's hard. Exactly. It's hard to, to not question it. But I understand why you might, you know, reflect on it and go, could there have been? Would there have been? But I mean, that's part, maybe natural because it, it resonates for sure with me, too. Just like, did we do the yeah. best we could? Could we have done more? Just, you know, and I'm not mom. I'm an aunt. But could I have done more? Could I have done something differently? Could I have done more research? Ugh, there's just that heaviness of, you know, questioning or just reflecting on the events in general. How have you been tell us how you found us and tell us like what you were looking for like support wise we think we're doing pretty well but we've got nothing to compare it to mm -hmm. I just wanted to hear what other people were going through and so I searched and I couldn't find anything I found one that was kind of talking about different types of cancers and you know each episode was a different person's journey but you know the first one was sort of about breast cancer and I just went well no this is an adult's journey this isn't right about a child and then I just stumbled across you guys and I listened to the intro and I just went this is it this, oh. is, this is I listened to the first couple and was like hold up I get it and I said to mum I've been listening to this you need to have a listen and got my mum to it as well and then you know like I've had other friends whose kids have passed and one of them's following your Instagram and I said to her when you're ready this has been really helpful for me so oh. when you're ready go and listen I'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> because that's really why this got started is try to yeah. help someone because when we went through it this is six years for us there was nothing out there and we searched mm -hmm. And couldn't find anything, like you said, to figure out if we were in the right spot, in the right place. And with people who got it, like I think I, we had talked about that challenge pretty early on too, is like we want answers. We want to know, are we doing this right? We want to heal. Are, are we coping right? Are we healing right? Like it was, we needed to lean onto something to go, okay, we're in, we're in the right place. We're on the right track to being okay. And we shared all of the support groups. We had such an array of support groups that we tried. Some things worked, some things didn't. But we recognized pretty early that we were different. Like we had have the shared journey, mom, Jess and I, this shared journey, but we would run into the families that were so depressed, so just like isolated. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I want to do something different, but I still feel angry. I still feel this way. Is this still like, are we okay? You know, cause Jess has just a totally different perspective, but I'm like, I know this is affecting so many people and I know they're out there 
but they just don't know that they have a resource in other families. And so that's sort of what inspired us to do this. And of course, our baby inspired us to do this. I'm like, I feel like maybe that was my purpose in life, enduring this pain, enduring the suffering so that I can help other people on their journey. And so to hear that, you know, you were like, like these people get me. I was like, oh, <laughs> That's so touching. I feel like I was like really annoying commenting on every single. No, I was. I was thrilled. No, I was thrilled because I was like, this is touching someone. And I had posted somewhere, I can't remember, like, if this only hits one family and helps one family, we will continue to do this. But I know it's not going to just hit one family. And, you know, I'm just hoping that people can see that we're trying to help them, you know, from in this virtual world, especially, and they're not in COVID, especially. And I said this before, like, you're not alone. And I think that's half of it is going, you know, we are a niche group of people. There aren't a ton of people out there that you know have lost a child to cancer and so it's really just like important for us to let the world know that we're here to support you like we we want to talk about these things because some people don't want to talk about them and some people aren't comfortable talking about them but we're here for you you know we want to do this with you so it's really validates why we did this and why we wanted to do this although mom cries all the time and she's (laughs) it's painful to do this but You know, she's still here. She still shows up every day because she wants to help other people. So there's a lot of grief support group, but to be specific to cancer and the kind of journey that we went through because of cancer is very unique. So I'm glad. We've been told there's a few that we can go to, but listing like this is totally different to, I guess, going to those groups and being told how you're meant to feel. Yeah, we've we've heard that too. emotions out of you when that's not what it's about right mm. right and exactly. um, I think for me because my journey is a bit different to Kel's as a, a mum and a granny I didn't really know what I was looking for either I went back to work very quickly because we went from all family to not no family but we had Harvey all the time we FaceTimed every day and then we weren't seeing anybody Harvey was frightened of losing his mummy and daddy so he Mm. was home with them and he was at school and so my husband and I suddenly we were like what do we do now yeah and same with the other grandparents they were the same what do we do now so I went back to work very quickly and my work is amazing very supportive but it wasn't I needed something else and I didn't really know what I needed so without knowing what Kelly was searching for I was searching for podcasts too Mm. and I came across one and I was very specific about what I listened to I only wanted to listen to children's cancer journey I didn't want to listen to car accidents or I didn't want anything else so I was very specific I was listening to one particular one but it was a mum talking about her journey and doing lots of guests with various stories. And that was helping. And then Kelly said about your podcast and because it was like it's a sister, a mum and a granny and I went, this is what I need. (laughs) I want to know what Kelly's going through. Uh I want to know how someone else, you know, like how is another granny coping with this and also what's my son going through? Mm -hmm. And also Harvey. Yeah, five-year-old, what's he going through? So listening to your podcast was just fabulous. I did a lot of crying with you. Oh, Oh, yeah, every episode. A lot of crying. See, I'm not the only one. And so often... And so often I was listening to it on my way to work and it's a 10-minute walk from the train station to my work and halfway along I'm going, 
Rhea, you need to turn this off now because you can't walk into work like this. <laughs> and so, and you know, Kelly was talking about signs and rainbows and different things, and and that's been huge for us. And Wednesday morning, I think it's because that's the morning that Charlie died. Wednesday morning, going to work for me is a really hard morning, and halfway to work, I have to go. You just need to stop and relax now, Rhea, because you've got to go to work. You need to get your head together. And the first time this happened to me, I just put Spotify music on and just down and the first song that came on was called just breathe oh and i thought and i laughed and i cried <laughs> yes and i thought yes thank you charlie yes just <laughs> breathe granny just breathe <laughs> and there's been funny little things like that i love that way. but yeah your podcast has just been so so good to listen to and just three okay. just normal people you know just well i don't know so, if we're so honest <laughs> Yeah. So, so honest. Yeah, definitely. And to, for me now to fit, know what Kelly's going through, my whole understanding of grief has completely changed, yeah. completely mm. changed, and just realised that no one's journey is the same. Right. Yeah. And what is the journey? I don't know. Whatever journey you have, you do it. Right journey, really. Right? You live it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What were some of the things that you resonated with? I think the three I've got written down are you know, like two of them I have mentioned already, but I guess, you know, the little nuggets, like, you know, like the rainbows and, mm. um, you know, you'd be in a place where you wouldn't really see a rainbow and all of a sudden there's one right, shining right, on you. Your right. mum was like on the train and Charlie made a rainbow shine on her phone. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, in my reflection. Yeah. Oh, hi, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that sort of thing. But then also, you know, like the dumb things that <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, no. And listening to them and just be like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. God doesn't give you something that you can't manage. I'm like, you know what? My kid died. That is not okay. Right. And God would not give anyone that. Right. You know, like, <laughs> if, if you're real, you're meant to be a good person. Right. Yeah. Why would you make my child die? Yes. You know? Yes. Or why would you not save them? Yes. Yes. And why, if someone really cares, why would they put a little child through so much pain? Yes. I, I remember when we had the news that this is it. You're going home. Charlie's going home. And Charlie was in so much pain that night when we sat with him. It was just heartbreaking. And just crying out in pain. Yeah. And I was cuddling Charlie and I just said, oh, Charlie, I'm so sorry. I wish I could just take this pain away. I'm so sorry you have to go through this. And this little voice goes, so do I. Oh. And I thought, oh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And he, you know, he was so, so strong. He fought so, so hard, so, so hard. You know, why does anyone have to go through that? Yes. Willingly. Yes. So, yeah, the whole religion thing is like yes. out the window. <laughs> yes, that's exactly Goodbye right. to you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's so we read the like the bottom of your like <laughs> yeah well nah. <laughs> so I think for, for me the other podcast I was listening to they were talking about signs and listening to yours and you started talking about not just signs but a spiritual belief sure and that to me took me on another journey as well mm. yeah and I started researching Monica the medium oh okay <laughs> Yeah, so I went, who's this person? I need to know. <laughs> so I listened to her audio. I couldn't read. I couldn't read anything. Like My mind was just slush. I don't know how I actually went to work, worked, yeah. but I did. 
but they did give me easy teaching, so that was good. But listen to her audio book, and that was just fabulous. I mean, some of it I take on, you know, like everything we listen to, you take some on and sure. some things you go, right. oh, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I found that fantastic. And then then suddenly Kelly and I are looking at mediums. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who can we follow? <laughs> That's another journey. I'll let Kelly tell you about that one. Yes, please tell us. I guess like just after listening to your, because I was brought up Christian and have not had anything to do with that for a long time. But when I was a child, all that stuff, you know, it was black magic. You know, that was stuff that we never believed in. And I have been closed off to that my entire life. And then, you know, like I do feel like there's something out there and there's some kind of, spiritual world you know and I believe that you go somewhere after you die but you know you like and so for us for Harvey you know we needed to give him something to kind of figure out where Charlie's gone sure Charlie was our rainbow unicorn so that just seemed like the best possible place for him but yeah after your episode and I just thought I'll just have a look and see what (laughs) what's around (laughs) found this medium who another oncology mum also follows and so then I started looking at you know like her you know different posts and things on Instagram and then noticed that every second Friday she does a live session where you can ask your questions and you know if you're lucky she might respond to you and so I was listening back on one that had happened, you know, the week before. And, you know, there was a lot of questions about relationships or houses mm. or, you know, like if they're going to have a baby or stuff. And then there was one that came up. It was a lady who had lost her baby to cancer. Mm. And just listening to the piece that it gave her with the response, I was just like, I want to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> like, I really, I really, really want to talk to you. And so I followed her, I contacted her, I found out when she was opening up to actually, you know, like book a reading. But I talked to my husband about it and he was so scared that I would hear something that I didn't want to know. And because we were at peace, that we knew that Charlie was okay and he didn't want me to find out that he still had leukemia on the other side Mm. or, you know, that he was still in pain or anything like that. And so I decided I wasn't going to book a session until he was comfortable with that so I was just listening to you know the live night and uh, when it started I just felt hot and I felt really nervous and I was like for some reason I think she's gonna say something tonight and maybe 40 minutes into it she chose my question and I had asked her did my baby make it to the rainbow is he okay and I think I was so desperate I maybe had asked four times until she finally (laughs) like responded and she's like whatever you need to do whatever you (laughs) and I was like oh she just said me oh oh she's doing me this is so exciting (laughs) you know just the information that she gave about him you know all she knew was she could see my profile picture and you know on Instagram they're pretty small profile pictures but you know it was a picture of Charlie blowing kisses and with his nasogastric tube in when we'd been in contact all I said was that he had passed in January and she said you need to wait till eight weeks because it's very hard to get a good reading until eight weeks because they're still in transition so when she answered she said you know I can see him he looks like he's in a room he's on his way there's an archway at the end of the room and there's a man standing there and this archway I think 
you know, she's like, it looks like a rainbow. And she said, the man is standing like at a wedding, you know, standing, waiting for you to come up. But he's an older man. Yeah, he's an older man and he's standing very upright. And I was just like, Grandpa Ken. He's got hearing hearing problems. Um, She said that she was struggling to breathe and Grandpa Ken died of lung cancer. Mm. and he had really bad hearing (laughs) and she was saying you know like he can't follow me you know like he he keeps asking me questions and there was a moment where he'd asked her like you know what are you saying and she was like I'm just repeating what you're saying (laughs) and that's so him (laughs) why are you repeating what I'm saying (laughs) um she said my nose feels itchy I feel like I want to pull something out you know did he have a nasal gastric tube and I was like yes he did and you know he did pull it out near the end and had to have it put back in again she said she could see him holding something that looked like a blanket and we sent him on his way with his dressing gown he used to like to wear it as a blanket over the top of him so he either had that or he had dog dog with him either one like both went with him oh and that this man had been trying to get her attention going so he'd been like to her for the last couple of days and she realized that this is that man and those few days I had a really bad week that week I just really felt disconnected from Charlie and I just Mm. was really missing him and I was struggling and so I think you know Charlie knew mummy needed something so you know Grandpa Ken was on it and yeah so she'd been hearing from him and then realized who it was and that just he was blowing me lots of kisses and saying I'm okay I've got him which is what Charlie did he's okay I've got him kill it's okay he's made it she said he's still in transition he's still got another phase to go before he makes it through but he's got him and he's okay and Charlie just kept saying mommy I'm okay and blowing your kisses so I just had peace and while it was happening my husband walked outside and he's like what are you doing and I'm like he's with grandpa Ken (laughs) he's like what do you mean why are they talking about Charlie and I'm like it's the lady (laughs) and he was just like "Uh and I'm like I'm in trouble And I went into our room that night and I just said to him, I'm good now. I'm at peace and I don't need to know anything else. I just, that's all I needed. And I will not be, you know, contacting her again or anything like that. I just needed that peace. Yes. And, you know, since then I have seen a lot more rainbows but I also just feel like he's always with me mm, absolutely yes. like I've got his ashes my earrings and so I've got him with me all the time I just feel like he is just actually just hanging out so I want to do a shameless plug sorry I'm sure you're not ready for this but you make <laughs> you make some very interesting jewelry I do can you yeah. tell us some more I'd love to promote send business your way yeah so when I was on maternity leave before I had Charlie I started making keepsake jewelry with resin and I guess originally it was I had found something and I wanted to get it made and by the time that I went to get it made they no longer offered this really good deal And my husband just went, you're crafty. Why don't you try to do this yourself? So I started playing around because I wanted the boys' first lock of hair in a bead and also my wedding dress material. So I made them all myself. And then I made mums actually still had my brothers and my first lock of hair. So I've made hers as well with those. So they're like 30-something years old. I just happened to be talking to my husband about cremation ashes and you know that I'd seen jewelry made like that and then a friend of mine just said look I've got a family member's ashes take these make me something 
but use them to experiment. So I did that. So then it kind of became a thing. And then I had someone ask for kind of a different style. And from then onwards, I just found that actually the cremains is my thing, you know, like I really love it. So I do, you know, the Pandora beads, but now I've got my own caster. I've made my own ring designs and things. And he actually yeah, made the molds for me and paused them. And yeah, I've got some pretty incredible rings and that can be made in silver or gold, whatever metal you're after. And it's quite fun. So it's called Embedded Keepsakes. And never in my mind did I think I would be putting my own child's ashes in these. But over time, I don't know, I don't even look at ash like it's anything. You know, I'm so used to working with it now that it's such a special thing to do for someone. And I actually, middle of last year, I had a customer who lost her son to leukemia who came to me as well through it. And working on that order broke my heart. Oh. It was too close to home. Yeah. But, you know, knowing that I could do something for that mum and that family to memorialise him just overpowered everything else. And, you know, to be able to do that for my family back here as well and, you know, for others that have lost theirs. We had a friend in the UK who she lost her daughter not long after us and I just said to her, send me your ashes you pay the postage and I will make you something beautiful because I just, I don't care about the money to be able to give that to someone else, to be able to have it. Like I've, I've got my ring on now and I've got my earrings on. So I've always got him, always got him with me. I think maybe that's why I don't feel like he's that far away because I do have a part of him with me every single day. What a beautiful gift. Is that not the most incredible thing yes. you've ever heard? Can anybody around the world send you ashes and you can create something for I them? I think so. Yeah, I know the postage is a bit hard at the moment, but you can send ash in the mail. Because it's dried, it is safe to send. It's oh. not something that they will stop in the mail. Yeah, it sounds like something that might be a hazmat something or other, but right? <laughs> this whole jewelry thing I thought was so beautiful and something tangible that people can feel connected with you know their lost yeah. loved ones but know that you yourself are yeah. still okay to do that is just amazing yes. like and I, when I saw that I was like oh my god can this lady get any cooler like there are things out there but I wouldn't say anything as cool as what Kelly's no. doing so no. <laughs> yeah. it's actually yeah it's, and even like the Easter egg hunt like this is the first Easter with like the first holiday you know without him and I was struggling the night before I was like how do we you know like this is the first time without him what do we do yes. and I just spent all night lying in Charlie's bed just crying thinking like this is the first thing without him then I realized that I need to involve him so I put Charlie's collecting bucket out there with it and then Harvey had drawn a rainbow. So I, Easter Bunny, went to that page and drew a unicorn under the rainbow. Oh. And wrote a little thing saying, you know, like, I know Charlie can't be here, but he's here in spirit. And, you know, can you collect Charlie's eggs for him today as oh, well? I love and that. And so Harvey saw this and he was just like, Charlie's the unicorn. Like, you know, he's a Easter bunny put him in there too. And, and you know, so we videoed him going around the yard and picking up the eggs. And I posted the video on Instagram and mum messages me and she's like, have you seen there's a rainbow in the video? Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it was in the video as well. And it's just so nice to be able to, you know, include him in everything. Yes. And Harvey and I talk like he's still here. Yes. You know? Really nice. Yeah, he talks yeah. about him all the time. And he's like, you know, Charlie was my best friend. And, you know, that's Charlie's. And we found him in Charlie's room the other morning 
setting his toys up for when Charlie comes back to life. Oh. And I was like, he not because he tells me Charlie's not coming back. He's like, Mummy, Charlie's not coming back. But I think Mum and I have talked about this a bit. I think Harvey can see him. I oh. think that he can see. You know, like kids can see stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so he was like getting all his toys ready for Charlie to come and play with them. Oh, and it's just, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love the rainbows. Like yeah. I've never yeah. noticed rainbows at our house before. We've been there for two years, but now all of a sudden there's seen. rainbows on mm. the paving by the pool, which I've never seen before. You know, in this whole journey, just needing to do something with our time. So Kelly has bought a stand-up paddleboard. I've bought a stand-up paddleboard. Now my husband's bought one too. So all right. a lot of time doing stand-up paddling. And there was one day... I went down and I was out on the water thinking, Charlie, are you going to show me any rainbows today? And and then I couldn't see anything and I thought, well, I guess there's no rainbows here today. And I turn around to go and paddle in and there's a lady taking selfies of herself with this <laughs> biggest rainbow umbrella that oh. I've ever seen. It's like a big picnic rainbow. And oh, I just laughed and went, oh, Charlie, you have such a <laughs> sense of humor. You're too clever for me. <laughs> and so yeah those little golden nuggets are just Absolutely. it brings you a little bit of life back to you yes. right that life that you've it lost does. is still with you and to yeah. see them just pop out of nowhere when we yeah. see a 723 or we see a heart somewhere or a rainbow somewhere I don't care if yeah. we all see the same sign all the rainbows I see my baby through your rainbows too yeah, so like yeah yeah, and yeah. I had three mornings in a row. My husband makes coffee most mornings. This morning or part of the days, I, was, I made a coffee. Whoever's coffee I was making, the second one always was the shape of a heart. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm pouring <laughs> that one and I'm pouring that one. So I go, now, who wants the second cup today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was really quite funny. A few days in a row, we had these heart-shaped broth. Love it. Cup. That's awesome. So it's become a bit of a game of do we get a heart today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sort of, I, I, and I think Kelly's the same. I just feel like he's close by all the time. He's he's never far away and a part of everything we do. And Charlie, just very outgoing, very active, very outgoing. He just wanted to go trail walking with us. He wanted to go camping with us and mm-hmm. going camping with mummy and daddy. And, and so I feel like he's getting to do all that now. Yeah, you know when we're out trail walking, I go, Charlie, look at the dolphin. Mm. <laughs> you know? That's awesome and that you include him in everything. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's with us, chat to him when we're going along, and check out the fish. it's really interesting too that we see these golden nuggets because originally it was hard to see the sunshine it was hard absolutely to be okay that you know people are laughing when I'm crushed and empty inside so these golden nuggets really did bring me back to life that's there's something there I don't know what it is I had my own spiritual journey as well like this has to mean something this has to be more than what I can understand so that journey of being like so mad at the world that the world even exists to I'm okay and I can see these things and it brings me back to life is just like a gift that keeps on giving to me it's like there's too many coincidences to be a coincidence like no this is this can't be this is crazy even my husband who's not a believer keeps telling me this can't be you know he just bought a car and the license plate the numbers add up to 23 he's all oh my god (laughs) 
Pete, you can't deny this stuff. Yeah. No, you can't. No. You can for a little bit, but then it happens too much. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, like the first few times you go, oh, I'm just imagining, you know, they're always there. Yes. yes. But I've never seen them before. So right. why are they yes. why are they there now? Right. But I think you're right, you know, to start with. I mean, I knew how I was feeling. So I think if I'm feeling like I'm feeling, what's Kelly feeling? Exactly. You know, to lose your child is just we were devastated beyond devastation. You, yes. you sort of go, well, where do we go from here? Right. What do we do? How do we get through this? Yeah, you don't know which way to turn. And, and I, I knew for myself, support group was not what I wanted. It's just not what I wanted. And I love talking about Charlie. You know, we talk about Charlie a lot. We talk about him at home a lot. The first few things we did was jewellery, wasn't it? Mm. Jewellery was our first yeah. direction. Like when we viewed Charlie before he went for his cremation, Kelly designed the most beautiful coffin I've ever seen in my whole life. Charlie designed it. It was his artwork. It was all, oh. it was, it was all Charlie. The whole outside was Charlie's artwork. Oh. The lid was Charlie in his unicorn outfit. Oh. On top of my artwork on the top. Yeah, <laughs> Something on the top. that I'd done with it, Charlie on the top. It was just it was just beautiful. And to yeah. just spend time with Charlie just that very last time was awesome. And Kelly had been given his heart and the centre you push out. She gave that to me that I can push the centre out and I popped in Charlie's hand that he's got my heart with oh. him. And also on the inside of the coffin, which is really the loveliest idea ever, mm. and it was like um, us saying goodbye to Charlie. We wrote inside the lid of his coffin, you know, whatever you wanted. Yeah. And that was really, really helpful. Yeah, it was really nice. That was mm. really special. Yeah. And we didn't have a funeral. We didn't have anything like that. It was just close family members that said goodbye to Charlie. Was that because and, uh, of COVID or a different choice? No, Kelly Just and Mike didn't want to do that. Thing. Yeah, we didn't want to have a funeral as such and we didn't, yeah, it, we just literally had a viewing and we had <laughs> we had the dinosaur See, music laugh. <laughs> and sing along. And so it was just, it was Mike and I in there with Charlie and the dinosaur music blaring. I still drive with it playing in the car and never mm-hmm. turn off. Harvey and I like sing it at the top of our lungs all the time but yeah the funeral director she just she just got us and she said is there any music that you'd like to play or do you want just chapel music and we're like "Uh, uh, no chapel music yeah I said can I bring in the dinosaur cd and she was like yeah so she played it and I remember she said oh there's you know some family outside waiting to come in and I was like yeah yeah that's fine they can come in and she goes out and she warns mum and dad that there's dinosaur music it was just like (laughs) it was so funny when we put the lid back on the coffin it was like there was silence until the lid was in place and then the next song you know it came on she was organizing you know who was going to carry him out and she was trying to get all the boys organized I'm like excuse me I'm carrying my kid you know I'm doing this too Mm -hmm. I carried my grandfather I can carry my own child Mm. and so you know we all got on there my brother and I were at the front Mike had gone to pick Harvey up from school he didn't you know he was okay with you know seeing Charlie and then leaving him whereas I needed to see him go in the car and leave Mm. and so my brother and I are on the front and both the grandpas are on the back and as soon as they got they put their hand on there the grandfather rock dinosaur song like comes on and starts like (laughs) oh my god I got the chills (laughs) it was just it was just beautiful it was really nice and dog dog was sitting on top and they're about to you know close up the back and 
I was like, the dog dog needs to go in the coffin. That before he's cremated, that's fine. I'm like, okay, all right. And there's a photo of just like looking at the back and it's just dog dog is guarding him. And she said, you want us to put the CD on in the car? And I was like, yes. Oh. And they drove the whole way to the crematorium with the dinosaur music going on. And she said, we had a good giggle. The songs are very cool. Um, <laughs> the driver was very gentle and that dog dog stayed on top the entire time. But we made sure he went inside and, you know, he was in there you know, before he was cremated. And they made sure that he had his like little magic stone in his hand as well. Oh. Like he was so attached to it. Like he even when something was hurting, he'd get my husband to rub the magic stone on him. Mm-hmm. Just meant the boys were always together. So like with the heart for mum and the key ring that she had that it popped out of, you know, Harvey and Charlie always have their stones and Harvey's stone lives under his pillow. Mm-hmm. And so he sleeps with it there every night, you know, so they're always connected as well. Love it. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's really nice having different bits of jewellery, you know, like because Kelly does the jewellery. You know, we've got our ashes earrings and Pandora bead with Charlie's ashes. Mm. You know, having whatever colour in it we want, you know, it's very, it's it's just whatever we feel is keeps Charlie close. And Who knew I'd ever have ashes put in those myself? In your own child, yeah. your own child. Right. That was not where we needed to go. Mm. Right. But yeah, and I've sort of got a necklace which has got a little unicorn on it and, you know, just special things of Charlie. Not that it is Charlie, it just, that's you know. It just makes it feel yes. like he's closer. Yeah, Definitely. and that's that was sort of the first thing that we did of, you know, what what do we do now? We need jewellery. We need jewellery close to us. Yeah. Charlie and sort of went from there. But Kelly's got an amazing group of friends too. Right. You know, our family's very close but. You know, she needs more than family. Yes. But her friends are just, you know, there are some friends that are amazing. There are other friends that are on the fringe. But Kelly's like me. She likes to keep busy. Mm-hmm. So she just. I know mum's feeling really, she was feeling very empty because we'd gone from everything to nothing. We'd yeah. gone from having, you know, being carers 24-7 to yeah. having a child at school. And we both like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Got nothing now too. Like, so I caught up on 18 months of not seeing friends. Mm. And so I was busy. I didn't have time for mum. Like, <laughs> oh. Maybe once a week. You yeah. Know? Like, I had yeah. stuff on every day. Mm, and yeah. I went back to work a month after because I had my own business. I had to. Yeah. Um, and I'd closed down for so long. And I was due to come back at the end of February anyway. I thought, well, that's a month after it's happened. that will be fine. I only work two days a week. So I was busy. Like I had work and I had all these catch-ups and and really that time while they were at school is like so short. By the yeah. time you get a few jobs done or go for coffee and you haven't seen them for 18 months, right. you just don't right. up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, I was busy and I was keeping myself really occupied, but I knew that I would still always see mum and dad once a week. So for me, I had like my balance. Yeah. Check. yeah. Because there are, yeah, there just were so many. We went away, as I was saying earlier, we, we took Harvey camping. This was a week after Charlie had passed to reconnect to the family. And we barely had any phone signal. 
and it was just the three of us together. It was just incredible. But, you know, things happening for reasons. We had gone to this one place where you go through a cave and then you come out to this just beautiful beach with rock pools and everything. And we'd seen these two ladies as we walked through who just stopped for us to walk through. And we got to the beach and Mike and Harvey were off exploring and I didn't want to get wet. So I just... I just stood there and I was just watching them. And this lady came out of nowhere and just stood next to me. And she said, do you enjoy being a mother? And I said, I do. I love being a mother. But, you know, we've had our ups and downs. And she said, do you just have the one? And I said, well, I did until a week ago. Mm. You could see the tears run down her face. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have asked. And I just said, look, you know, we had a lot of time to come to terms with it, I guess. So maybe, like I said, we're doing okay. Like maybe it's because we just had time to process that this was going to happen. Yeah. And she said, well, I've lost one to cancer and one to a car accident. Um, I lost both my sons and I can't say which one's easier. You know, one was instant and one we watched them struggle, you know, for that whole time. And the two of us just were in a a wreck. (laughs) She's like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, yes, of course. And, you know, we gave each other a hug. And then she just was gone. It was like she just disappeared. And then afterwards we went into the cafe to go and just get some hot chips to then have before we moved on to the next place we were going to. And she just reappeared on my shoulder again and she put her arm around me and said, I want to pay for your lunch today. Mm. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, no, that's okay. You know, we're just getting chips. It's fine. She's like, no, I want you to be able to say that something good happened to you today. And get yourself a drink or get some fish. The fish is amazing here. You know, get whatever you want and I'm paying for you today. And she and we were just like, we're just getting chips, literally. So she paid for our chips and we both, you know, we kind of, her and I just kind of lent into each other and put our heads together and was just like, what a beautiful woman. And went outside and Harvey's like, daddy, some random woman just bought us chips. (laughs) (laughs) And literally she just disappeared back into the cafe crowd. You know, like I just didn't see it. She just disappeared again. And it was just having that moment, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, that's so rude of her to be so intrusive or, you know, but to me, like it just two mums connecting on their journey. And it just was amazing. And those things don't just happen. Right. Right. There's reasons for those. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was very special. It's, yeah. a, it's incredible how they come at just the right times. Like it was probably the right time for her too, you know, that's just needing yeah. somebody, especially in COVID, just to connect with whatever's going on. Yeah. She would have been like in her 70s or something. You oh know? my like gosh. It was a long time ago that she lost her voice. Wow. You mentioned having some friends and reconnecting. So is that your primary support right now? And how, where are you finding support? Are there resources in your area? We sort of want to hear like how you're getting support. I think there are resources, but we're just not interested in them. Obviously, listening to you guys um, has been very helpful. But yeah, just catching up with friends and keeping busy and working out. For me, my headspace is all about working out and getting those endorphins going to definitely. Keep Definitely. Um, And having balance, you know, work and just watching Harvey, you know, watching him and being there for him and having happy times. You know, sometimes we feel guilty that we don't think about Charlie for a few moments in a day or sometimes we feel guilty for being happy. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I've now worked out who are the people that I want to catch up with and who I don't want to catch up with. As mum was saying before, like you choose the people that don't look at you with that pity face yes. or don't, yes. um, you know, I just can't just stop saying sorry to me. You know, like I can't deal with that anymore. Or don't look at me like I'm broken because I'm actually not broken. I'm actually doing okay. Absolutely. And so doing things that we know that Charlie would love yes. and We've got the chickens, <laughs> and you know, and we get a couple of bunnies in a few weeks, and you know, like we're doing special things and just watching her. I don't know how I could do it if I didn't have heartbeat. I think mm. I would be a mess. Mm. But he keeps us busy and happy, and just being able to watch him and stay here for him. You know, like there are days that I don't want to be here, and I just want to be with Charlie because yes. Charlie was me. You know, he was very much a replica of me. And I've always felt this different connection to him and mm. I do to Harvey. Like I adore Harvey absolutely to bits. He is different to me yeah. and he loves daddy to bits and he's very much daddy's boy. Yeah. Whereas Charlie was more so a mummy's boy. But then, you know, there was times that he only wanted daddy as well. Yes, I think that is very I think I was saying to mum the other day, I'm not scared of dying anymore. I think yes. I used to be scared yeah, of dying. That no, I'm not either. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyway whatsoever. You know, I just think if I die, I get to go and be with Charlie. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But if I'm here, I get to be with Mike, my soulmate. And, you know, without him, I wouldn't be who I am today. And then we've got Harvey, our, like, most incredible boy. I've got to be here for him. You know? Yes. Yes. I'm not scared of the other side. Absolutely. I, I'm so I glad you bring was. that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know if we had talked about that specifically. You and I have talked about that, like mm-hmm. us learning to accept that part of life is yeah. death, you know, mm-hmm. and seeing it through our experience. It's like it relieved the baby of pain. You know, it relieved her of the suffering. And that's sort of what we've accepted, too. And we've had an agreement, too, that she said those words, that that's what her my grandpa, your grandfather said. I have him, right? He's okay. I have him. That's what that's what we've agreed. She's going to communicate. And I think that's funny that those (laughs) words actually came out from her. I'm like, oh, my gosh, those are our words. Yeah. So if we go, <laughs> if we go see a medium and they say that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. So your mom said she's yeah. got her. Yeah. Great, perfect. We yep. can, yeah, I can live in peace. Yeah. Yep. Well, this has been such a rewarding yes. experience, not just t- you guys talking us up and validating, you know, why we're doing this, but it's really just to bring awareness to what this is, to help others through their journey is the goal. And I couldn't have asked for a better first guest than you two. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has all. been such a pleasure to get to know you, to get to know Charlie. And I Hope we stay connected through this. We invite you back any point in time, you know, to come revisit and come talk to us. Definitely. So with that, I think we'll sign off and say thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing job. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Bye. We will continue our grief journey on the next one. Thank you, kid. Love you.